to the ESBC sports betting and financial podcast which the purpose of the podcast is always to make money right we don't lie like uh, politicians that say no it's for you and so you have a voice so you have a seat at the table no it is to make money uh, it's always a business and in a business Every meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So we got the purpose uh, also to make money and collaborate with uh, the podcast listeners. And we've done that for a long time. Very fortunate, lucky and good. We've gotten a lot of great information on uh, sports betting from the listeners of the podcast. And the outcome is uh, we've gotten 400% return on income uh, with uh, the betting so far, the, the last couple of years, we've gotten actually more than that. That's the number for football. And we have a live spreadsheet where people can follow and see all the bets. But more than that, what we do is we give you the whys, right? Uh, so you teach a man how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. If you just give him a fish, right? Uh, you feed him for a day. So if you own a business, you have to spend 80% of your time in revenue generating activities. So necessarily you can't just watch sports. You have to be able to monetize, especially now with all the states legalizing sports betting, uh, it's going to be more regulated. New York state Cuomo just uh, legalized sports betting. So you have to treat it like an investment, right? Uh, I have an MBA financial services licenses. So everything's an investment. So very important, right? In the middle of a pandemic, social unrest, uh, craziness, right? To have a distraction, but you're still making money. And I guess what happened this week wasn't necessarily uh, social unrest, but it was more political unrest, right? Political unrest and certain folks uh, feeling disenfranchised. So with all that going on, it's always good to uh, make money watching the games. So in this podcast, the focus is going to be on how to bet on college basketball games. And uh, I've been fortunate, lucky and good that with my buddy Victor, who came up with a betting system to this day that we use, 
we spent four days just sitting betting on college basketball team, the 2009 NCAA tournament. And we were 80%. We just sat there and got, you know, $100 breakfasts and uh, big steak dinners every night, <laughs> betting on games. That's 2009 or 2020. So throughout those years, and you can see it in the episode notes for the people uh, listening to on the podcast, and anybody can go. This the ESBC Sports Betting and Financial Podcast in your favorite platform. Look in the episode notes. We have the top 10 rules of betting. But this podcast is going to be tailored to college basketball, right? Uh, specific betting angles that I monetize every single year. This year, of course, has been crazy. Uh, I've monetized the Pac-12, and I'm going to focus on them since everything's been so nuts this year, and then go to the NCAA tournament. However, for me, from January to the beginning of March, it's really research, seeing uh, what the goals of the coaches are, what uh, teams have depth, and which teams don't have depth. And we're gonna go system, right? Point by point, how all these fit together to monetize college basketball. And even though I enjoy football more, I have made more money and have a higher percentage uh, betting or investing, short-term investing in college basketball games and NBA games. Uh, not gonna jinx myself, but man, the last two playoffs in the bubble, I've had an extraordinary uh, winning percentage, but what makes me very fortunate, lucky, and good, that what makes me and us different, right, than people that have the same percentages that us, we have a, a belief system in abundance, right, that we are willing to share the information so you can have fun and monetize it, right? Been fortunate, lucky, and good that my wife has not bought gasoline that hasn't been betting money since 2011. All right, so the first point I want to hit on as far as betting on college basketball is you, uh, number one rule of betting is never bet your own team. The number two rule of betting is always do your research. So what that means is listen to what the coaches say, right? So in, in picking an investment, uh, you look at, in the stock market or wherever, you look at the corporate governance, which is fundamental analysis. You look at the corporate governance to measure uh, your investment or to give you a clue, to give you a factor on your investment. So to ensure a decision, you have to eliminate variables and co-variables to get to the highest probable outcome, right? So you listen to the coaches. Now in college basketball, a lot of coaches have been successful for 30 years plus. Uh, you're looking at Bill Self, you're looking at Mike Krzyzewski, you're looking at Izzo, Calipari, right? So they don't care anymore. The guy at North Carolina, they do not care anymore. They've won tons of national championships. The great grandkids are rich, right? So they're very loose with their mouth and what they're thinking a lot more than a Nick Satan or a Bill Belichick there in football 
have the same level of success. So, but since I've been listening to you guys for, you know, 25, 30 years, my ear picks up on things a little bit more than somebody else. So you have to tune your ear into what they're thinking, right? So a guy like Bill Self, he makes uh, $7 million a year, all right? He only cares about the regular season. So on margin, he's going to cover more during the regular season. The opposite is through, true in the NCAA tournament. Bill Self does not cover in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> so for the last 10 years, uh, Bill Self has made me money consistently, almost like Andy Reid losing in the playoffs. He always does not cover the first or second round uh, in the NCAA. Then you got to look at his uh, coaching philosophy, right? And he believes in defense, right? So he believes that push comes to shove, he can shut down another team uh, in a possession. What does that mean? That means he's not going to cover the high spread, right? So you got to look at inflated lines. So all those teams I mentioned, Kansas, Duke, even Gonzaga this year, they're going to have inflated lines. So what an inflated line is, an expensive line. The line should be seven, and it's actually 10, right? So what do you do? You bet the dog. Because remember what I call being in business with Vegas. Vegas wants uh, what they're getting, right? Which is people to get 80% of the wagers wrong. And most people blindly bet the over and the favor. So on margin, we're looking to bet the dog. And then the over-under is kind of funny in basketball. So you really have to look at the situation. It's not like football. It's not as easy as football, believe it or not, or college football. But you look at the, the over-unders, right? And know that most people are going to pick over. So if you think a game is going to go under, and let's say it's at 150, and the line gets pushed, inflated, right? ESPN goes on, does a show how great offenses both teams are. And suddenly it's 180. Automatic, bet the owner, right? Because you got two factors now in your favor. So Bill Soft is a regular season team. Other teams just want to win their conference tournament, right? Providence has made me a lot of money. Uh, the whole time their current coach has been in there because he only cares about the Big East term. He doesn't care about nothing else. Bayheim has been like that for a while too. He only cares about the Big East tournament. So during the season, you bet against Syracuse to cover, which is a public team, a name team that carries overpriced lines, inflated lines. So what you do, you bet against Bayheim during the regular season for Bayheim in a conference tournament and against Bayheim in the NCAA tournament. 10 years I've been busy with clients and, and I've just done that and uh, made money. And remember 52.5 is break even. You wanna get between 52 to 70%, right? To 80%. In probability theory, the highest level of certainty you can have is 80%, right? Uh, this week, this memorable week, there was an 80% chance nobody was going to storm 
the capital, the Congress, right? 80% is the optimal. So when you listen to these shysters say, oh, I got a stone cold law, 100%. There's no such thing. <laughs> There's the highest level of probability. And that's why we use arbitrage, which is betting similar or related assets simultaneously, right? You make money taking advantage of uh, market inefficiencies. So it has to be similar or related assets. So you look at Krzyzewski, the guy Marquette, right? That's his coach. And you can go on down the line, all of these, Calipari. His assistant coach uh, used to be the head coach of the University of South Florida. You can see the alumni side where I graduated from. He was the head coach. I forget his name, but he's at Illinois now doing a Calipari type of system. He's really, he's the head assistant. He's running the team with a guy laid back, the head coach. So a lot of these coaches cross-pollinate and carry the same systems and the same thought process. Like my current coach at the University of South Florida, not mine, my university I graduated from, he's a disciple of Izzo. So he has the same system Izzo has, uh, same strategy for the season. The guy at Georgia Tech, he's a former Calipari assistant. So you see a lot of the same. So when you, you, you let's say you bet all those teams, right? You bet uh, Duke, Marquette, you bet Michigan State, USF, you bet Georgia Tech, Kentucky. Those are six bets, but they're similar related assets. So you take advantage of market inefficiency, right? Like a market inefficiency is like I'm, I'm describing uh, named teams, teams that are public teams having overpriced inflated lines. So you bet six, you bet each game, you bet individual amounts. So uh, instead of doing a parlay of six teams, what you want to do is get six out of five, get that percentage and consistently be over 52.5. So we go on on how to do that. Then you got teams that all they want to do, you got to listen out to it, right? Iona's a, a perfect example. Teams like that, uh, maybe this year, the University of San Francisco, teams that all they want to do is get in the tournament and win one game. So you read for that, right? Uh, you read for the coach that says, hey, we've been to the tournament five years in a row. And we want to get over the hack. We want to win one game. They're going to cover the spread for you in the first round of the NCAA tournament. All right. Uh, so you listen and you read out for that. Teams that want to be in the six, Sweet 16 every year. Dean Smith was famous for that, right? Dean Smith would say, uh, "We all we care about is the Sweet 16. And then, you know, because it's luck factor from the Sweet 16 on. UCLA with Steve Lavin used to do that. So you listen out to, for that. And when you're picking upsets, this is the key to picking upsets, right? When you start getting to the NCAA tournament, you look at things like there's always one four that beats a 13. But in basketball, more than football, uh, athletic ability can be mitigated by fundamentals, right? If you're guarding a guy that's bigger than you, you look at his hips, 
and you're able to guard them fine. You box out. You hustle for loose balls. You have more energy than other teams. Usually teams from the Mid-American Conference, right? Uh, the Ohio Valley, the Missouri Valley, right? They can pull up the upset if you're watching them during the year and very fundamentally sound teams, right? And uh, my, myself and my buddy Victor in uh, Arizona, we call these rec ball teams, right? We call them rec ball teams not to be racist, right? But they're usually five white guys. And I'm just using this for purposes of description. Five white guys who pass the ball around. And we call them rec ball teams because when you go to a suburban neighborhood, right, and you go to the gym for a pickup game, they're passing the ball around, they're setting picks, they're boxing out. But when you go to the hood to play, it's just one-on-one -on -one basketball and the guy's trying to dunk, right? And you're, you know, usually I'm stereotyping, but we call them rec ball teams and we have fun with it. And that's what you look at during the season, right? Are they fundamentally sound? Are they boxing out? Teams like that, all right? So those are the factors you look at betting college basketball. Now, another factor is, are they like Hoya Paranoia, right? The Hoya Paranoia was back in the day with Pat Ewing and um, the coach just passed away this year, John Thompson. And they were all about defense and rebounding, and they feel, right, like even though Bill Self says more offensive systems, they feel they, they could beat you up and they can uh, stop you in that one big possession. What does that mean to us? It means two things, right? It means their games are going under, and then when they are a favorite, teams like that, I know Patino kind of switched. He used to be more running gun. He'll be more running gun now with uh, Iona, back to his roots. But when he was at Louisville and could recruit whatever he wanted, he turned into really that type of team, right? They could stop you on defense, right? Because you can control them. That's why they call it Hoya Paranoia, because these coaches are all control freaks. Patino, Izzo, Calipari, uh, all of them are control freaks. They want to control the games. This type of style. And they called it Hoya Paranoia because the guys, you said they were afraid to shoot. <laughs> and all they did was, you know, look for the right shot. Bobby Knight was never really, Bobby Knight got a, a reputation for that, but Bobby Knight had a really good flowing motion offense, scored a lot of points, uh, could stop you if you wanted, but you could win on defense. We won the national championship with Steve Alford shooting, right? Uh, so you got to look at that. Or does the team want to run again? So the team that wants to run again is the opposite. They'll win a lot of favorites lose it as dogs. Hoya Paranoia teams will win as dogs, but lose as favorites. Happens all the time. Sometimes Villanova can be that one. Uh, Villanova, they won three national titles. They have the best dress coach in the history of college basketball. He's the Pat Ryder of college basketball, won three national titles. And they usually will cover as dogs and not really cover as favorites. But in the NCAA tournament, uh, one great trip I had a couple of years ago, 
Uh, he he won all the whole all the whole time. He won us a lot of money as a favorite. He had a great team. Okay, so uh, talked about that. The last thing we'll close with uh, in factors betting college basketball games is Duke has a really rich alumni. Michigan has a really big alumni. And Phil Knight is the owner of the University of Oregon basketball. So what does that mean to us? That means they're going to get the costs. So on average, hey, does the alumni go with a big suitcase of money and pay the reps? Probably not, right? However, for whatever reason, uh, maybe there's a memo passed or whatever. We don't care. We just, that's the thing about uh, betting, right? All we care about is taking our ticket to the cashier and cashing the ticket and getting money back and doing it consistently. So for whatever reason, Oregon type teams, Duke type teams, Michigan type teams get the call on average, right? Because you want to do it on average. And when you're looking at a game, that's a variable. So remember, to ensure results, you want to eliminate variables and co-variables. And that's a variable to look at when you're wagering on a game. The other thing, you know, big alumni bases like Duke, Michigan, they inflate the lines. So they overprice the lines. So you go the other way. Looking at the other team, are they fundamentally sound? They might not be as physically good as those teams, but are they fundamentally sound, right? And then Izzo is fundamentally sound year in, year out. He covers a lot. That's why we love Izzo, right? Izzo was a wizard. We love Coach Izzo because he's made us a lot of money throughout the years. And those are the factors I look at to make 70 to 80% betting on college basketball games. I see people jumping, more people jumping on uh, Periscope as we close. Does anybody have any questions about betting on college basketball? Uh, every Monday night, we're gonna come out with the top 10 teams of betting based on those factors that uh, we talked about today. And I'll give picks for the following day. Uh, some NBA college, whatever jumps out, and then uh, moving forward now, now that football is winding down, I'm going to give Pac-12 games on Thursdays and Saturdays. And I was 80% last year and look to go 80% this year. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, myself and Marie Josh Luna will get out the playoff picks for football. All right, it's been a crazy week, but we've had a really uh, good time just distracting ourselves and wrapping our minds around uh, doing research for March Madness. Research for March Madness starts now. <laughs> you, don't, you don't wait to March Madness to kind of focus on that. So we always close Winston Churchill because we're giving you really good information, information that you, uh, if you got it somewhere else, you would have to pay like $300. Uh, we'll give it to you for free, right? Uh, instead of charging you $300 a month, we're giving you this information for free and a better percentage than what you can pay for. So we always close with Winston Churchill, 
God's work through World War II. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Sports Betting and Financial Podcast. The CNBC, the Fox News, the Bloomberg Sports Betting. I'm the best there is.